Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 788 of the Juicebox Podcast. Well, I know I said in one episode that we were done with the bold beginnings, but turns out I uh, didn't see a page of the document. So we're back. Jenny and I are back today with a bold beginnings episode just for you. Today's topic is family. Jenny and I are going to have some kind of big conversations in the first 20 or so minutes, and then we get into the questions and statements from listeners just like you about what they wish they knew when they were first diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. While you're listening today, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're a U.S. resident who has type 1 diabetes or is the caregiver of someone with type 1, please take a moment to fill out the survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. It will take you fewer than 10 minutes. You can do it right from your phone. You know, like it does. I mean, it would take two seconds. You could probably do it through seven traffic lights at a stop sign or one, you know, reasonable bowel movement, something like that. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Take the survey. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. The podcast is also sponsored by Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod 5 and the Omnipod Dash. To get started today with Omnipod, go to omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. It will take you but a few minutes to get everything going. And the next thing you know, tubeless insulin pumping. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Yes. I've never, I mean, I've only twice, twice, yeah, probably twice since I've had the podcast, have I recorded an episode and then when it was over, not had the episode. Like had like a tech Oh, thing. meaning you didn't post it? Yeah. Or because it never recorded? Never recorded. <gasps> yeah, yeah. It's oh, twice. no. Once, That's so sad. Yeah, once with, with was with Donnie. Oh, re- oh gosh, Donnie. And, Hi, and, Donnie. And he I told really he like told that. such a personal story, and then I had to contact him and be like, "Look, <laughs> we got to do this do you over. Want to do it again, or you know, I would understand if you didn't want to." And and I felt bad. The other time was with Victor Garber. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, that was something. I had my voice and not his recorded. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So I had to call him back and say, uh, I'm so sorry, but, you know, I messed this up. And it's not, at that time, it had never happened before. And um, he was so nice. He said, well, I have a day off next week. We can just do it again. And while wow. he was, like, filming a TV show, he was like, I could just do it again. It's very nice. Well, I was going to say, gosh, with his schedule, although I don't know how active he is anymore as an actor, I don't even know what he has done lately. But. You know what I've seen him in? I, I've seen him in recently uh, Orville on Hulu. Okay. Yeah, he's like a, yeah, we don't do a lot of TV do, no? stuff. So, no. I mean, even new commercials, like, you know, friends will comment about this silly commercial for something or another, and I'll be like, eh, I don't know. We I don't, don't know, really don't, watch don't, TV. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> We well, watch The Amazing Race, mm-hmm. and if Lego Masters, we watch Lego Masters. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, but that's, 
that's kind of the real TV that we watch because there's nothing real on anymore. That's like, like Seinfeld. Like that have, was a. You have to dig let's around. Watch it. Yeah, you have to dig around. We, um, I watched on Hulu recently. Reboot sounds like a Hulu ad. It's not, and I enjoyed that. And Arden told me to watch The Bear on Hulu. Oh. And I'm okay. two episodes into that, and that's been good so far. So anyway, my point is I'm recording us, yes. <laughs> so don't worry. Fantastic. You can tell that we are being recorded. Yes. Fabulous. The only Yay. weird thing that's ever happened to you and I is that we once recorded the same episode twice, and I didn't realize it. So I put them up together huh. so people could hear the difference. The difference. Yeah, which wasn't- Which one was that? Do you remember? I have to dig it up. It's like a defining episode. Okay. We, and, but, and it's- I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of defining a topic. And then we just did it again weeks later because I didn't check it off a list. And when I realized that, I put them together and I said, here, here's both of them. So you can see where That's we- interesting. I wonder what we added to one versus the other or what was the same. I'll, I'd have that would be interesting. I'll to figure it out. I'll let you know which one it is. <laughs> cool. Uh, anyway, despite the fact that I told you we were done with the bold beginning series. Mm. That was a lie. <laughs> because there's always a, more to add. We have right? a couple more topics here. So Today, uh, I'm going to go over the feedback that we got from listeners of the podcast, and they said that family was an important part of a new diagnosis. Yes, so I'd agree. Yeah. I, we don't live near our family. Uh, mm-hmm. My mother doesn't drive, and you know, Arden was diagnosed a long time ago when she was, everyone was younger. My mom didn't drive, so she could never get to us. And our extended family, like no one lived near us. But right. when Arden was diagnosed, my mother-in-law did say, just tell me what I could do to help when you come home. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I could think of in the moment was like the house, like go clean the house, go wash right. every piece of clothing, like try to get me, I don't know, a head start or something like that. And as I look right. back, I don't, I don't remember it having an impact or not, um, it wasn't so much about helping in terms of actual diabetes. It was more the behind the scenes stuff that you knew was going to sort of fall to the sidelines because you had something so new to focus on that there was a lot of learning involved too. It's kind of something I actually tell to all of the women that I work with through pregnancy mm-hmm. is you may not want help with the baby, but you probably want your mom to maybe or dad or somebody else to come in and help you do some cooking or plan or grocery shop or clean the toilets for you, right? It's like Well well I as I look back on that that story, I, I realize I wouldn't have known what to ask for. Right. I I didn't know anything about diabetes. I couldn't have asked I mean, if you brought me uh the two guys that invented insulin and said, Here, ask them whatever you want, I'd be like I don't know what to ask them. I have no idea here, you know? Right. So it is it is an interesting... Well, that's a great idea, though. Just have somebody cover whatever you can. Yes. And, and to try to get you moving. Let's see what people said, though. Uh, can I add something Please to that, too? Do. I think what may go into that, especially if you have other kids in your home who don't have diabetes, if diabetes is entirely new to you, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think... If you have somebody who can come in to help with some of those other things, making sure that the life of your other kids also doesn't get like scheduled differently, 
Yeah. Right. Like, hey, you know, you're going to be here for the next two weeks. That's awesome. These are the things that could be helpful. But I just want to make sure that Johnny is always still going to school at the same time, that his lunch is always still getting packed, that he's, you know, it's got game night on Friday night. Mm -hmm. Right. While you're getting used to things, that other person could be just contributing to keeping normal normal stuff there. We Arden was diagnosed on a, a family vacation. And it was the extended family vacation. So there were three or four families in this house at the beach. And I remember that feeling of like, we have to take Arden to the hospital. But what do we do with Cole? Right. Like, we, are we just abandoning him here? You know, and, and everybody was great about picking him up and keeping him moving. Um, right. I have to say, too, that as much as I, I tend to believe that Arden's diabetes hasn't impacted Cole that greatly, I don't think that's true. I just think it's probably in ways that he doesn't share or that we don't know. Or he may not even realize know how right. He may not acknowledge or even consciously realize because this is what was he four ish? Well, four or yeah, five when he was diagnosed? Uh, she, when he, she was diagnosed? He was six and oh, okay. she and she was two. So yeah. they're four years apart too. He, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, um but he was at that stage where he was young enough. That his whole life has really been with a sister who has diabetes, and this is just the way our family functions, mm-hmm. well, right? I even think now, you know, you know that my whole family Arden's at school, but my whole family got COVID. We got it together. We did it as a family, and um, <laughs> and I a couple days into it, Kelly asked me if I was okay. And I think I must have been acting strangely, and I said, "Oh, I, I get very upset when Cole is sick." Oh. And, and I never really look into it any deeper than that. But here's the rest of it. Because I think, God, I hope he doesn't get diabetes. Like, oh. you know, do you know what I mean? Like, a virus is here. And yeah. I'm always off kilter when Cole is sick. And my point is, is he can't, he mean, he must think that too, right? Like, he must get sick. And he think, may. You know what I mean? Like, is this going to happen to me? Um, anyway. I, I- I wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, I have to say as as off as it might seem to some people, when my kids are sick with a fever and some kind of virus, I do finger sticks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just do. It's just my typical habit now because in the back of my head, that's always that's always the potential that's there as well. Yeah. Um, and obviously catching it sooner than later and all those things that we know is a good thing. But yeah, absolutely. When you've got autoimmune stuff in your family that you know about, it's probably something that just, that's where your brain goes, whether you want it to or not. Even though most of the extended autoimmune stuff is on Kelly's side of the family, like there's celiac and things like that. Um, I I wonder sometimes if I'm going to get diabetes. Like I interview hmm. so many people that get it in their fifties and their sixties, and you know, like there are. I think is this going to happen to me? Is this like, is this like the, is this the end of the story about the guy that started the podcast about you know what I mean? <laughs> Somehow a guy that doesn't have diabetes started a podcast about diabetes. It became really popular, and at the end he gets it. Like, is it going to be right. like you know, like a right. sitcom ending for me? You know. Um, anyway, I, I I just think that that has to be the case. I mean, mm-hmm. siblings who understand how it works and are educated must worry about it. Having said that, the amount of people that I've interviewed 
who uh, whose children get type one and tell me that their sister and their brother had it growing up. But I'm like, you were never worried about it? They're like, no, I didn't realize that could happen. So, you know, I don't yeah. know what, what people know. Um, right. Okay. So here's a, a little bit of feedback. Balancing family life with other kids and making sure they aren't feeling left out or overwhelmed. And I think that's what we've been talking about here. Mm-hmm. But more contextually, you know what happens, right? You're you're freaked out about high blood sugars, low blood sugars. Is somebody going to pass out, you know, and you start hyper-focusing on it. I realized, um, gosh, Arden must have been in middle school when I recognized that when she would come in the door, I never once asked her how her day was or how she was. Yeah. I, I asked what her blood sugar was because we didn't have monitoring back then. Um, right. You know, so as soon as CGMs came up, I would orient myself with how her blood sugars were as she came home and then consciously did not ask her about diabetes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you do wonder how many times do you ask, how many times does another kid hear you asking, and how many times Correct. They, they realize that you haven't asked them about anything. Uh, well, and I think you bring in an important piece here is the technology that we have today. It's wonderful that we have the information that we have. Um, and in a way for you, it kind of did almost what I would think is kind of like the opposite, right? Now you've got the information. So you're asking kind of less. Um, but like when I was growing up, the information asked was only around a finger stick time. Yeah. And unless I complained that I was feeling weird or off or low or whatever, I mean, you never my parents about never that. right. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't something. My my dad was usually the first one home from from work. We got home. We were latchkey kids. Um, if anybody even knows that term any longer, <laughs> I don't even know if it's used. Um, but I mean, my dad never asked like, well, "How are your blood sugars today?" He only got one finger stick a day at lunchtime, and that was like four hours ago. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. Now I wonder. It, we were. I mean, back then we were kind of caught in flux between some information, but not enough information. And I knew enough to be worried. I didn't know how to stop anything from going wrong. You know, right. I, right. I, I, if you, if this podcast existed 15 years ago, all you would have heard is a guy going, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you excuse me now, I have to go cry in the bathroom. <laughs> you know? oh, it was terrible. But okay. So, uh, how to create an empowered, less burdened, cooperative relationship with your kid around diabetes to not have super issues in the future. Go, go. Mm. What do you think? Because I think about this all the time. So I think it differs according to the age of the child. I do. Um, you know, the term like texting diabetes is very common with the middle school to high school, maybe some elementary school, but more the like older than about fifth grade kind of age. Mm-hmm. And I think in terms of strategy like that, that's great as long as you're not becoming the helicoptering, like do this, do this. I see this. Why are you not react? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Make the interactions purposeful. It's the same thing I recommend if you're going to do a finger stick, make it a purposeful time to do the finger stick. Don't just like check 50 times a day because you think your CGM isn't accurate, right? right? Um, but then for for 
kids who are more the teen age where you want them to start learning more and more to take on a little bit or understand a little bit more in terms of adjustment, I usually recommend families decide on a day or like just a 30 minute time frame just to sit down and that's your diabetes time. Mm -hmm. And in between that, the management should be should be brought down a level that it's not the only thing that you're ever really discussing with them, yeah. right? So I'm learning while Arden's at college every day. And, you know, I've been passing Arden's care off to her slowly for years. Mm-hmm. And if you would have asked me two years ago, Scott, are you that involved in Arden's diabetes? I would say, no, not really. She takes care of it, but I oversee, like I, meaning I pay attention to it. I come to her when I think there's an issue. What I didn't realize was different between her living here and her not living here is that if I texted her when she was in the house and I was like, hey, I I think you should bolus for this, and she disagreed, I could walk into her room, knock on the door and say, come on, you really, you have to bolus here, right? And so I was not, like, I wasn't pulling the strings, but I could always jump in and grab the strings if I wanted to. Sure. Now that she's not here... There are no strings, are there? No, 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 there's no, there's no strings. And so (laughs) not only do I not know what she's doing, right? I can only see through Night Scout, I can only see, hey, she bolus for 55 carbs here. So, okay, she must be eating. Um, I could, that's it. I don't know what she's eating. I don't know if she pre-bolused or if she put, pushed the button and sat down and ate. I can't tell any of that. So one day I sent her a text and I said, hey, I don't, I don't remember what I said, do something. And she didn't do it. And time passed and time passed. And I texted her again. She completely ignored me. And then her blood sugar started to go down. And I texted her back and I said, in case you didn't get this, don't do the thing I said now. And then she responded back. She said, I've seen all your texts. I disagreed with what you wanted to do. So I just didn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) See, she knew more because you probably didn't know the variables that she knew because she was right there in her own moment. Yes, yes. And so that I was proud of. I was pissed. Mm -hmm. I was pissed that she didn't answer me on purpose. And I was, but I was proud of her that she, she knew what was going on. And, you know, we've been kind of going back and forth and doing that. And I found myself just only really contacting her in what I would call either an emergent situation or with something that she's clearly struggling with. Like I'll say, hey, look, this whatever you're doing, I see you're trying. It's not working. Here are three options that'll make your blood sugar move. And then I right. don't I don't even tell her which one to pick. I'm just like, here, try this trick, this trick, or this trick. Right. Last night, um last night, she 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 was like, she got really aggressive about a meal. It was terrific, actually. She's like a 65 blood sugar, like an hour and a half after she ate. It was super stable. But I could see the loop taking insulin away, and it wasn't making a difference. So I said to her, look, just take one gummy bear. Just mm-hmm. one. It'll turn you into like an 80. I was like, I don't want you to get into a position where you have to take too much because you haven't had basil in so long. Your blood sugar is going to fly up. Then the algorithm is going to see the big number and hit you again, and you're going to you're going to get low again. Right. And um, she said, I don't need that. I know what I'm doing. I was like, okay. And then we ended up talking like half an hour later about something that was about school related. And um, 
I said, you sure about the gummy bear thing? And she goes, I, I just took it. You were right about that. And that was it. I was like, cool. Yeah. Good. So it's, but all that aside, the problem is you've spent years thinking about stability and Mm -hmm. thinking about stopping spikes and stopping lows and I mean, in my mind, I guess everybody's mind, you think it's it's not going to change. They're just going to get older and you'll just keep doing this and they'll learn more as you go. But it's not what happened. I mean, I don't know if it's what happens for some people. It is not what happened for me. Like mm-hmm. she left and she's like, I know how to do this fairly well. And right. I, I don't need his help and he doesn't even know what I'm doing. I've gotten so many texts from her that just say, you don't know what's happening on this end. Right. Like, I'm okay. I'm taking care of it. If not, please tell me to do something else in an hour. Right. Um, And I think while you probably feel like you haven't really planned this point of transition, at least not the way that it's happening. Right. You thought that you had done some things along the years. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that was probably, I'm sure, quite helpful. But I think as I work with people, I usually also say, to parents, even for kids who are at least five and older, as you are navigating an adjustment right now within like the diabetes strategy, if your child is there, voice your plan. Even if you're not really just talking to them, in fact, if you're not talking, but they're close enough to hear you, you're verbalizing out loud what you're doing and how you're doing it, especially not in a very emotional way, just a Blood sugar is high. This is what we're going to do. We're going to watch it for this time. Eventually, they absorb that. Yes. No, I agree. I've done that, and I agree. And it's actually what I did in that story I just told you. By sending her three options, I was just sending her my thought process. Right. Well, I guess we could do this, or we could try this, or we could try that. And I thought, well, she knows the variables. One of these options will make more sense to her than the other. Um, Right. The uh, part about not being emotional, that I was really cognizant of uh, right away. Like, there have been plenty of times since she's left that I've wanted to text her and be like, oh, my God, will you please bowl us? (laughs) (laughs) But but what I realized is is she's trying. And and Mm -hmm. she's – it's not like, oh, Dad, I'm trying. She really is trying. And Mm -hmm. I thought how long it took me to learn how to do this. Like, why would I expect her to do it? So quickly, you know, Jake, just because I basically know what to do right now doesn't mean she does, but she's going to have to now, I mean, we talk about it in the pro tip series so much, like she now has to have experiences over and over again that teach her what to do. It's my job not to apply my reality and my understanding of diabetes on top of her while she's trying to learn it. And that that took a while to, I mean, it. It took a while for me to be comfortable with. I didn't do it. Like, I didn't pressure, but I didn't feel comfortable about it in the beginning. And I think as much as a caregiver, you know, yourself um, or any of the other parents or, you know, people who are helping to navigate management for a kid or a teen or even a college student, I think there are things that you learn the way you do without having sort of a sense of it. The sense of which is what it sounds like Arden is doing. And it's something that I also can't explain from my personal why I would do something versus 
just looking at data, I'm sure somebody else would tell me to do something completely different. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a sixth sense almost of navigating. You learn it by how you, how you feel in the moment, right? I feel this way. It looks like it's going this way. Like your brain spins quickly forward of, I have this coming. I did this. I have to apply this strategy right now. And those are things that somebody could have been doing for you, but they were doing it without the internal sense of feeling. And Mm -hmm. feeling's not really the right word, but you do. You develop this like additional sense. (laughs) Yeah. You have have a shorthand with your own diabetes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I've been, there was a time where she was, she treated a low in a class and it, she did it. She grabbed it, but it was not coming up. It was still like in the seventies. And I sent her a text and I said, do not walk home from class with your blood sugar like this. And she didn't answer me. And I said, I I texted again. I said, you have to answer me. And she said, okay, I won't. And that was it. Like just little, like I've only jumped in where I'm like, I do not need something bad happen to her while she's walking through downtown. Right. Where am I supposed right. to say that she goes to school? Chicago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, uh, Fargo. Uh, yeah. How about Fargo? She, we were, when we recorded together, I said where she was going to college. She goes, dad, don't tell these people where I'm going to college. I'm going to Chicago. Look for me there. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, um, I've been I've been clear about that, but it's it's your problem as a parent. Now, mm. in this scenario, I have a kid who's actually trying. I don't know what I would do. Well, I guess I do know what I would do if she just wasn't paying attention to it because there were some times in the first couple of weeks while she's trying to adapt to school that she when she when it was time for her to give something away out of her brain, she gave away diabetes. And, sure. she, and she'd let her blood sugar sit like 180, 200 for a few hours. And I was like, okay, like she's got to go through all this. This is not going to kill her for her blood sugar to be 180 for a few hours. Um, and then I would kind of, at the end of the night, if we spoke, like she'll show me something she was working on. I would just kind of say, look, I know you're busy and I know you're trying but we can't stare at blood sugars like this for three hours. Right. You know, so next time try to do something about it. Um, if you don't know what to do, ask me and, and that's it. Um, but that, I mean, to this person's point about creating an empowered person, mm-hmm. it, it, it's such a tightrope, right? Because if you push them too hard, they might not take care of themselves. If you don't push them hard enough, then the disease will get them. How the hell are you supposed to decide between bad and bad? And within that, you're also navigating, managing just a child, Mm. right? And all the things that you may need to counter just because they're a kid, right? And I've, I, a lot of parents say, well, I, you know, I, I feel bad scolding them. Well, goodness. If they like kicked the cat and it was totally unnecessary, that has nothing to do with diabetes. Right. You need to punish them. Right? <laughs> Clearly, don't feel bad just because they have diabetes. I mean, it's a but it is, as you said, it's like a it's a tight line to walk mm-hmm. to know kid treatment versus manage the diabetes piece. Right. No, it's you know, it it's that feeling of I mean, I've raised two kids into I mean, I guess they're adults now. Um, and, you know, there's moments when you're like, 
what do I have to do here to make sure that we're all together and happy and love each other for as long as we can versus, versus I don't want them to like, what do I also do to make sure that they don't try heroin when they're in ninth grade? Like, you know what I mean? Like, Right. Yeah. In your mind, I don't listen. This is might just be me, but in my mind, there's straight ahead, which I don't think we're going to get to, and there's way off to the left and way off to the right, and and, and I'm just trying to keep everybody moving forward as best as I can. Yes. I, I mean, I don't know what everyone else's goals are, but around diabetes, I don't want my kid dying before me. I can't yeah. handle that. That's my goal, right? And around regular parenting, I don't want my kids to be assholes. That's a simple, I really don't. I don't want, yes. and and I want them to be able to take care of themselves and to have fulfilling lives. Yes. And, you know, every time you say something, it's hard to imagine, but everything you do, everything you say, every time you walk through a room, it's cumulative. And, yes. and with diabetes, it's all sped up mm-hmm. because you could very easily push somebody away or maybe they want to be pushed away. Who knows? I don't know. This is depressing. Um, how to, how to handle big events like birthdays, weddings, having a baby, going to a sleepover. So this is how do you get your family to help you with these things. Givoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is a premixed auto-injector of glucagon for treatment of very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages 2 and above. Find out more. Go to gvoglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit gvoglucagon.com slash risk. If you're looking for a tubeless insulin pump, you're looking for the Omnipod. Now you may be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash, and you can find that out at omnipod.com forward slash juice box. But if you're looking for more, if you're looking for some automation, well then, my friends, you're looking for the Omnipod 5, automated insulin delivery system. The Omnipod 5 is the only tubeless automated insulin delivery system that integrates with the Dexcom G6 CGM and uses smart adjust technology to automatically adjust your insulin delivery every five minutes, helping to protect against highs and lows without multiple daily injections. With the Omnipod 5, you have the option to control it from a compatible smartphone, and the Omnipod 5 is available through your pharmacy, which means you can get started today without the four-year durable medical equipment contract that comes with most insulin pumps, even if you're currently in warranty with another system. To get started with the Omnipod 5, go to omnipod.com forward slash juice box. If you're not looking for automation, you're still going to love the Omnipod Dash. So head over there now and get started. For full safety, risk information, a list of compatible smartphones, and free trial terms and conditions, go to omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. My daughter has been using Omnipod every day since she was four years old, and she's currently 18. Why? Because Omnipod works, and we love it. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. When you use the links, you're supporting the podcast. So type them into a browser just the way I said them, or get them from juiceboxpodcast.com or in the show notes of the podcast player you're listening in right now. I'm going to get you back to Jenny, and we're going to finish up this Bold Beginnings episode. Hmm. Yeah, that's not easy, is it?
it's not. And I think it's not because there still is, there are so many tunnels to go to here. Um, <laughs> I think one, it's not because many family members still don't truly understand type one management. Mm. And they have a very naive understanding of diabetes management in general. Yeah. They do. So, you know, I, I'm quite sure if I got together with my family more often, somebody would still, knowing that I was coming, plan some kind of sugar-free mm -hmm. dessert. Yeah. Thinking that they were being so kind and whatever, or, you know, um, and while that can be nice that you were thought of, in a way, it also doesn't make much sense knowing what you know. Right. Right. So I think in terms of family education, who are your who are your really close people in a family that you would be doing the most with for big celebrations, holiday events, birthdays, and those types of things? And you know, just if they're willing to listen to this is how we navigate again, a simplified kind of form, but don't worry about bringing sugar-free cookies or don't worry about doing this, this, or this. If I want you to bring something different or special or we're following a specific type of, you know, eating plan, yeah. then great. You could do this. But otherwise, just bring whatever you're going to bring mm -hmm. and don't worry about it because we've got it. Yeah. It's tough, too, because if you tell somebody, treat me normally, and you're talking about, like, I don't know, you're six-year-old, like, don't treat them differently. Treat them normally. That's yes. great, except then later if I drop them off at your house and they're running around in circles in the backyard forever, I would like you to pay attention to their blood sugar, right? Yes. So, yeah. Right. It, I think there are different – that's a very good, like, side point to make because if you if you were going to rely on family for some type of babysitting mm -hmm. or watching or whatnot, you'd have a different set of guidelines or information that you would want to go over with them. Yeah. These are the things to pay attention to, obviously, you know, versus like a birthday where there are 40 people there, you're there as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, I think they're different. When when we would leave Arden with somebody, we just basically set up, I don't know, checkpoints. Mm -hmm. Test your blood sugar here, test it here. You know, if you're going to do a meal we're going to test first. If you're unsure about how much insulin, you could go ahead and call us, like that kind of stuff. I mean, I have to admit, diabetes did dig into my my adult life as you know, as as we were going up. We didn't go out as much as we I think we would have if Arden didn't have sure. type one um, stuff like that. We also ran into the point where uh, the problem where there was a a person in our family that for years I would imagine would right now uh, bring Arden if Arden was low, they'd bring them her bag like for insulin and if she mm -hmm. was high they'd bring them sugar they always had it backwards they had it and, backwards yeah and never never really it never sunk in so right i mean that's you know again if you're gonna choose don't expect to educate your whole family you know all your secondary cousins and who whatnot yeah. about how to navigate especially if you would never leave your child with them for an overnight right mm -hmm. 
pick the people that you definitely have as your go-to because they have watched your children or your child already, and you would like them to continue to be able to do it from a comfort level on in two places, right? Your comfort in knowing they can do it and their comfort in feeling like everything's going to be okay if I kind of a decision matrix of do this for this, do this for this, cover it this way. Um, but again, don't feel like you have to educate all 200 people in your family. Yeah. Go to the people who are really going to be the go-to people. <laughs> I think you could save yourself a lot of heartache that way too, because I mean, the truth is, is that everybody can't understand everything about diabetes or everything. Right. And you're just going to be, I mean, you see it online a lot. People get upset a comedian made a joke. It's not funny. He doesn't understand my life. Like, I get that. Like, you know, right. um, you know, somebody asks me if I can eat this thing over and over again. Like, I mean, right. just kind of get, uh, listen, everybody can do whatever they want. In my mind, I just gave it away. I was like, I don't expect these people to understand. They have, but by the way, those people have problems that I don't understand. Correct. Y you know, and they're not yes. mad at me for not understanding their, you know, I don't know, their rubella. <laughs> <laughs> Do people still get that? <laughs> I would hope not, since there are good vaccinations uh, okay. out <laughs> right. there. Um, that's part of the MMR vaccination. So <laughs> I, I hope not, but um, maybe they've been, I don't know, in the, I don't know, I some tip back, of some country. I don't know. <laughs> I reached back too far for my joke. I, I thought to myself, like, did I just go back to the old West? What happened there? I don't um, know. Uh, but, you know, I just, I don't expect them to understand everything about me. They don't expect right. me to understand everything about them. The diabetes is just right. so, like, omnipresent in your life that it's irritating. And I get it, but at the same time. Right. Um, do you have something more? Because I have another thing. Here. No, go ahead. This person said, have everyone in your household participate from early on. Uh, gave peace of mind that they will be able to take care of the child if you're ever so this is like this is household this is brothers sisters husband anybody living Wife. in the house yeah 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 it's it's i think it's a very good point to make especially considering that i know a lot of families have one of the parents who really heads up the management mm -hmm. i would say that it's less of the families at least that i've had the opportunity to work with Less of the families who have both parents really on with each other and how they navigate. And some parents have a really good strategy of as long as the glucose numbers stay within this range, we share some strategies that we know will 99% of the time they will always work regardless of whether they're with, you know, this person or this, this adult or this adult. Yeah. And some parents have some strategies that they find work when the child is with them and the other parent has other things that they have figured out and it works with them. And I think that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay that there isn't always a hundred percent of this. If this, then this, because when one parent or caregiver is with the child, there may be variables that the one who's looking at the data, like you and Arden. Yeah that they don't know is happening. Right. So one is navigating this way and the other one's like, why are you doing that? I, you got to have some give and take there while also having some definitive management strategies that you're both enacting. We started off with trying to do it together. 
like literally. Mm-hmm. And then one day we were like, this doesn't work for us. Like we're, my wife and I both have like strong personalities and we'd get into situations where we were like, it's milk. And I'd be like, it's juice. And then we would just like, while Arden was plummeting, we'd be a little, right. we'd be arguing about what was going to save our life. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and you know, a sidebar, Jenny, I, um, I, I in part asked Kelly out because of how bright and, 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 uh, sure she was of herself. And I'll tell you, 25 years later, I don't know if that's the thing I would look for anymore. (laughs) (laughs) One time in my life, I'd like someone to look up at me and go, oh, is that what you think? Okay. Okay, great. (laughs) Yeah. Hasn't happened yet. I'm keep waiting. But, But the spirited back and forth just didn't belong in that scenario. So we just said, look, you're at home. I'm at home with her during the day anyway. Just keep it with you. Doesn't mean Kelly doesn't know how to do it. But to your point, when she is doing it, when Kelly and Arden are by themselves, especially when she was younger, I had to learn to stay out of it for the yeah. exact reason you said, because I don't know what the hell they're doing. And they're clearly right. not doing what I would do. And then you just you fall right back into the argument again. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah. But I think it also, I mean, for those who are listening who may have divided families, you know, there might be divorce or something in the picture. I think the really important thing is as much as you don't want to be together in life, you have to find a management strategy that you're both going to stick with from one house to the other, because it makes it really difficult as you're navigating all the teaching that you did with Arden. Mm -hmm. Kelly was doing some of that as well when they were together in a different way, but it wasn't, it wasn't a negative to her overall management. Whereas, unfortunately, right? Unfortunately, some parents really have the whole, like, we're aiming for this, like, target range, and we're doing it this way, and there are all these strategies in the picture, and the other parent may just be sort of flippant about it. That I've seen a lot of. We have a number of episodes about divorced families because of that, because of just what you said, that I've seen people send their kids somewhere for a weekend, and the kid's blood sugar is 400 all weekend long. Right. And there there's no one it's not even that they're not trying. There's no understanding of it at all. Correct. You know. So yes. it does make sense. And that's again, even if you're not thinking about it from think about it from the child's need, right? Even if you don't agree with each other, you have this beautiful little person yeah. that's depending on you for their health, right? Mm-hmm. So Put all of your irritation aside and just do it for the kid. Very important. It is. Well, speaking of marriage, this person yeah. said this person said our honest to goodness healthy marriage was bent every which way as we juggled sleep deprivation, math on MDI, uh, guilt, concern while trying to also communicate with different levels of knowledge about diabetes. She says that me with uh me with loved experience and him with little to no knowledge oh lived experience me with i lived think it's experience. lived experience yeah. yeah and and so it sounds like it sounds like the 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 wife parent yeah understood diabetes that the husband didn't some days we still disagree but we've come to a point where we have a unified approach i mean that's a, I I read that it's basically what we just talked about yeah um but but there it is it's a, it's a, honest to god feedback from somebody who's gone through it it is going to happen. I don't care. I mean, I don't care how good your marriage is. Like this, having a chronically ill child is, it's immediate and it's frightening and nobody just drifts through it 
like, hey, this was easy. Like, it, you're not going to, if you, I'm, listen, if diabetes right. feels that easy to you, you might not be paying attention to it. So, uh, you know, like, it's it's not that easy. Um, this person said, we let our kids do everything. Uh, and so this is interesting because they said it's their body and so much is out of their control. Uh, we've been careful to let them be involved and put their curiosity to use in helping them feel a sense of autonomy over diabetes. Of course, in age-appropriate ways and being careful not to burden them. Dad and I do everything, but we give them choices along the way and have them learn the names of their devices and the steps that we take. It's helped ease anxiety about sight changes, and they honestly feel proud and accomplished when they can show people their stuff and talk about it. It normalized mm -hmm. it for them. Um, it's also been a great opportunity for us as parents to teach emotional and mental health awareness about the consent in age-appropriate ways. But that's really terrific. That's fabulous. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, you know, another one in that when this person says we let the kids do everything, absolutely. I mean, there are so little, there's such a little, I guess, number of things that you can do despite having diabetes that really anything out there is a potential possibility. Mm -hmm. And one of the big things that's always, you know, the question in terms of everything is, is food, yeah. right? We just let them make their choices and, you know, navigate around them. And I think because there's, there's a lack of nutrition education anyway, <laughs> growing up, I think that kind of ends up turning into, well, we let them do anything, but along the way, there are teaching moments within that to say, if we do this, this is what could be the picture. We could have much more focus and navigation that we have to do versus if we do something this way, it might be a little cleaner. It might yeah. be a little easier or whatever. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, as Arden's growing up, the only thing I ever was, I, I don't want to say insistent about because she didn't, she wasn't resistant to it. But when CGM showed up, I was like, we were doing, we're doing this. This is happening. Right. You know, you know, and Kelly's like, what if she doesn't like it? I was like, ah, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't think I care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that was one of my mom my parenting moments. I, I, you know, I used to say it on the podcast more frequently, but I don't get letting four-year-olds make medical decisions. I'm not, I mean, I understand autonomy and everything like that, but, um, you know, like if your kid got an illness, they had to take three pills for it and they and they said, I don't want these. Would you go, oh, well, they didn't want them. So, you, you know, like, <laughs> no, you, no, you would not. Yeah, that's not how this works. Like, but that doesn't negate anything that this person said. You no. should you should be striving for everything that they said. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a great post. Absolutely. 100 percent. The last one. My son was diagnosed just before his 15th birthday and wanted to do everything himself. I thought this was great. And that that and that that showed signs of like super independence. But now I think this was a mistake. It may work for some kids, but not for us. Um, and so it looks like actually there might be two more things. But sticking to that one for a second, there's a difference between Arden saying, Dad, I've got it. And she's actually trying and her saying, Dad, I've got it. And then she's ignoring it. So, Correct. you know, it's and that's tough because you want to believe that from your kids. I would. I would point people into the podcast on this one. Mm -hmm. If you want to really understand this, listen to conversations over and over again with 25, 26, 29-year-old people who were diagnosed in their teens, mm -hmm. right? So the parents were involved for a little bit, and then it seemed like they were old enough, so they said, oh, that's okay, now you take care of it. Every 
person looking back with hindsight says, I told my mom I had it and I did not have it. I didn't know. Oh, yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. And then I went off to college and then really didn't pay attention to it for four years. Now I'm standing here five years after my college degree is over telling you, I wish my mom and dad would have stayed involved because right. I was full of shit and I wasn't doing it. Right. So, what, you know, I think today is easier again. Technology here is a huge pro in the fact that as long as the teen and I think under the age of 18, still as a parent, you're you're the decision maker. Mm -hmm. You just are. And the kid says, well, I don't want you to follow me anymore. Too bad. Yeah, you're going to be followed. I'm, I'm paying so for sorry. Yeah, I so. pay for this. <laughs> I pay for that. I, you know, right. I'm so sorry. Um, but I think some of that, again, leads into how you navigate the discussion of if you're doing these things, I'll be off your back, which is what a teen wants. It's not that they don't want you to care. It's that they don't want the constant hovering that diabetes can bring into the picture from a parental standpoint, yeah. right? Yeah. You want to be involved. You want to be able to tell them more about what to do and how to do it and whatever, because you think you know more. Right. I think it only is when you need to step in only when you can really tell that they're just, they're just not doing yeah. it. Well, they're not following the steps that you put down. You must do this. You must do this. You must do this. And I'll be off your back. This is if you're not yeah. too bad. So Arden had a situation a couple weeks into college. Arden doesn't drink. And her roommates get drunk and they come home and she feels very um, parental towards them because they're not in control of themselves. So she's like trying to help them. They're vomiting. She's disgusted <laughs> by the whole thing anyway. Like, you should, I wish you could see the oh, text yeah. chain back and forth where Arden's like, I do not understand why people drink. Like, you know, she's like, I'm really this isn't me. I don't get this. I don't want them to get hurt. And so, you know. Again, what happened overnight while this was going on is she let her blood sugar go up. She stopped paying attention to herself and and not in that moment, but later. And I let a lot of time pass. I got her on the phone one day. I said, hey, we have some things we have to talk about. There was some school stuff. There was some stuff about you know money and how other things. And I said, and here's the last thing. Here's the order. It's you, you, you are first. And when I say you, I mean your blood sugar. Okay. That comes first. Then everything else comes after that. We yeah. don't give away our health for somebody else. Never, ever, no. ever. And and I said, none of this matters, Arden. If you go off to college and learn how to do this thing and become really great at it, but along the way, start accepting that your blood sugar can be 225 in the afternoon or overnight. I said, like, it's not going to matter because that's it. Your your health is going to be destroyed. You're going to right. know how to do something and then be fighting with poor health your whole life instead. I was like, right. this, this is first. And that that is a place where I stepped in and, and made that point. She also knows, and I want to say, you can't just start making these like pronouncements out of nowhere. You've got a parent like this the whole way. So they know this is the expectation. Like she had absolutely a, she had a roommate that kind of I don't want to all right. There was a person who kind of wasn't handling being away at college well. And yes. Arden said to me, I know if I acted like this, you would drive down here and get me. And mm -hmm. I'd be living in my room and going to the college up the street from the house. And I was right. like, yeah, but that was, she already knew that because of expectations Correct. we had set up before. I didn't just send her off into the world acting like an idiot and then one day tell her, act right. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's, right. you know. I mean, it's just the simple as like the setting of a curfew. If you're not following through with 
I come home at 11 o'clock because my parents told me that's the time I had to be home. I can guarantee that transitions over into your diabetes management. Yeah, You're probably also not following those one, two, three steps that are must-dos in terms of your management that your parents have set out for you in order for them to not mm-hmm. text you 60 times. Here's the last <laughs> yeah. one. We'll do it quick because there's it's a long yeah. thing. This person says... Um, this is one of the top things that comes out later from families that I meet when they're talking about issues. It generally is that one parent or caregiver does not learn anything to the point where they can alleviate the main, you know, to help the main caregiver. Mm-hmm. And for initial training and pump training, emphasis really needs to be on all caregivers attending. So it sounds like, I hate to say what it sounds like, but it sounds like boys don't pay as close attention as girls or they act like, oh, you're going to take care of it. Listen, I, I don't care if it's 2022 or not. I know men. This is what she's saying. <laughs> so um, you don't have to say anything, Jenny. There is yeah. a higher there is a higher rate of divorce with families with chronic conditions. And this is a huge, uh, this is one of the huge ways that leads to complete burnout for one person. Now, I'm going to tell you that after mm-hmm. Arden was diagnosed, however many years ago, the endocrinologist pulled us aside and said, listen, rate of divorce goes up when you have a chronically ill child. And then yeah. she pointed at me and said, he's not going to, and started like, he, she didn't know me. She was. And you're like, hey, well, here's the stay at home dad. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. My <laughs> wife laughed and she said, listen, if one of us is going to leave over this, it might be me, not him. You don't know him, you know, but, right. um, but. Listen, whoever you are in the scenario, I don't care what you're, you know, if you're male or female or whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, but there's going to be some person in your relationship who gives that, like, I don't know, you do it thing. And that's uh, this person saying, if you get caught in that over and over again, eventually it's going to be a landslide. You're going to get knocked over and you're going to look up and say, nobody's helping me, especially this person here who I expected to be helping me because we said death to us part. Richer or poorer, right. you know what I mean? And now Absolutely. something something shitty happened and you're you're out, you know. So Which also makes it harder, as I, I said earlier, it makes it harder if it does end up in a break in the marriage and one person has been the navigator and the other one which potentially contributed to at least some of that break. Mm-hmm is doesn't know anything. So then where are you left in terms of now the child having time with both parents, which is necessary from a child standpoint, but not from a health standpoint, that other one still doesn't know enough to manage well. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. Do you see this? I mean, the idea of there's more divorce. I mean, not Um, more, but do you meet with a lot of divorced people? I have never met. I have to say, I've never met with any family that has separated or divorced while I've been working with them with relevance to not all, but some inclusion of the diabetes piece of it. I have met with people who've already been divorced Mm. and I know the definite difference in management. Some families, they do an astounding job despite being separated and child one week is one place, one week is another place, but they, The data doesn't change enough to reflect one being more hypervigilant and the other like, Mm -hmm. you know, being out for the count. (laughs) Um, But I have a a couple of of families that certainly that's the case where one parent is definitely on top of everything. And then when the kid goes to the other parent, it's almost the complete opposite. It's almost, especially for the teens, 
where that other parent just feels like, well, they're old enough. Clearly, they can get themselves dressed. They can make themselves food. They can shower. They can get on the bus. They can do their homework. Clearly, they've got this. Why would I have to step in? Well, yeah, because diabetes is difficult and their kids is the answer. So Correct. All right. Well, Jenny, I really appreciate you doing this with me. Thank you so much. Of course. You know, if you like Jenny, she works at a place called Integrated Diabetes, and you can find her at IntegratedDiabetes.com. She is for hire if you need help with your type 1. I want to thank today's sponsors, Omnipod, and remind you to get yourself an Omnipod 5 or an Omnipod Dash at Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N.com forward slash juice box. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take the time to share it with someone who you think might also enjoy it. Show them how to find a podcast app, how to download it, how to subscribe and follow, and where to get the episodes that you think will help them most. Thank you so much for listening. It means it means a lot to me. You have no idea, actually. Um, that's it. Support the sponsors. Come back next week. Download old episodes. Find the Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. That's all for now. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.